I learned that Bobo was silly, and so I kept telling Ruben that he was being Muito Bobo, and he was getting so mad at me. I was like, Muito Bobo. And like the driver was like laughing at Ruben and stuff. He was so mad. It's like, Bobo. Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Brecken. You you did the intro today. That's good for you, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting for you to do it. <laughs> uh, we are here today with one of our besties, Benjamin Goodery from at Third Coast Gems. Howdy. Hello, Howdy. How are y'all doing? Good. Good to see you. It's been since... Vegas. Yeah. That we've gotten to see each other. And Way too been long. A busy bunny. I have been. We've been ships in the night though. Cause okay. I, we tried to connect over the summer and y'all were doing different shows. I think like in Ohio and yeah. everywhere. Y'all have been everywhere. We, we get around. Yeah. We get around. <laughs> well, I want to be y'all when I grow up. So <laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying. So this summer it's been. A blessing, but it's been insane. I mean, just in the past month and a half, I've been to all over Brazil, mm-hmm. like an area bigger than like Texas and Montana put together. I was there for 14 days, not including the two days it takes to get there and get back. Mm-hmm. Um, LA, Washington, DC, Northern Virginia, here, had a little layover, a couple yeah. fun places, but yeah, no. Now we go way back. I mean, way back. You were one of you were the first person we interviewed on our podcast. Oh when my it, goodness! I'm when such it, an OG. Yeah. Gym <laughs> okay. junkie OG. Exactly. Yeah, like season two, baby. <laughs> yeah. Season Do we call this season yeah. two? Yeah. Well, you know, like how season <laughs> You know, you know, like on Hot Ones uh-huh. by First We Feast, where they eat the spicy chicken wings and yes. they like you know ask you hot questions. That they is have. My nightmare. They have a season one, season two, and uh, Shia LaBeouf just started like this new season and like every season they have like different hot sauces that they do like a whole new lineup um and it was really interesting to get to see that he was like the season opener this year so officially now this is the opener of the next season of gym junkies so maybe it's season three so then i can say that i was the first one on both seasons yeah we might need to be season three yeah i don't know i just do it by calendar year okay so we're technically on season two so Got it. All right. I got to come back so, in January. Got so it. our goal today <laughs> is that we're going to kind of explore or learn from Benjamin what he, uh, I guess, what he learned when he was in Brazil. Brazil. Kind of, what, he uh, what he unearthed. There you go. That's a better <laughs> word. What you unearthed. Now, Jonathan and I took a trip to Brazil about eight, nine, eight years eight, ago. Eight, nine years ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun trip. We went with a bunch of jewelers and ate a lot of meat. I mean, like, because they have... Oh, those, my God. Like, if you're a vegetarian, like, you them? might you be can... able to get by in that country. <laughs> like, maybe. But, like, it is so hard. I mean, there's it is steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And different cuts of steak. What do they and... call the... the... Like steakhouse, like we have them in here oh, yeah. that are called. What are? Uh, well, it's interesting. A lot of the ones like a Rodigio Grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like they have Texas Day Brazil, and they have um, uh, what is it called? There's several Brazilian steakhouse chains that are here in the U.S. Yeah. That Fogo are, de Chao. Yep, Fogo de Chao. They're all based in Dallas, it. by the way. I think it's Rodigio. Um, isn't it Rodigio Grill? Isn't that I don't the? Know. The yeah, actual Brazilian steakhouse. There is, there's another name because yeah. uh, Rodigio talks about like the like the 
element, but there's another word for the style. Yeah. They come around with the sticks of yeah, different they come meats with the and stuff. Of, of meat. yeah, yeah, that was all. Well, one and, of the big things I remember was eating at one of those places almost every night. Well, and but I remember, the, but it was so good, but it was so rich. By the end, I was like, oh my gosh! Enough, right? And Minas Gerais, which is the General Mines in mm-hmm. in Portuguese, they actually each like state has their own like kind of specialty cut of meat, and so it is the picanha in Minas Gerais, which is like a it almost looks like a sirloin steak, but it's kind of curled, and there is like a half inch piece of fat like around two thirds yeah, like of it. Yeah, like I said, too rich. <clears throat> and oh, even. Yeah. Yeah, and like even churrascaria. Yes, churrascaria. Yes, thank you, Jonathan. Obrigado, Jonathan. GTS. Yeah. There you go. But you even at like Burger King or like whatever, wherever you go, they have like a picanha burger, and like you go to the food court at like a mall, and there's like full on legit restaurants serving like meat, like just meat everywhere. Now you went as a guest of the yeah, government. So like that's big time. Well, um, it will <laughs> cut that out. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. no. So, um, you know, every, every, um, government, just like the U S government has a trade office that promotes trade. And so uh-huh. ours might go to China to promote soybeans and hog farming. And I mean, I'm being dead serious and we might go to Europe to promote GM and cars and stuff like that. And, um, they have one, it promotes 66 different industries of Brazilian commerce and then there is a subset of there called the IBGM, and they do everything with mining, whether or not if it's gemstones or not, um, mm-hmm. like iron mining is a big thing there. And then they also, interestingly enough, which anyone that has like seen my stories, I really like gem decor. So I have like, you know, crystal like coasters and I have like a smoky quartz table. Yeah. They do that too. They actually promote like gemstone home decor, you know, lamps and tables and anything that has to do that you can do anything with a crystal or gemstone. Yeah. Because Brazil is so rich in gems. Yeah. I mean, they say that Sri Lanka is the Isle of Gems. Like Brazil is the outback of gems. I mean, I don't know of another country that has as prolific yeah. And and as many sources and as many types of gems than Brazil. I mean, I really don't. They don't have everything. So, you know, Sri Lanka obviously has amazing moonstones and sapphires. Um, but they have, you know, 30 plus different types of gemstones and then hundreds of minerals. Yeah. So... Start us out on your tour. Yeah. Where, what did they want you to see first? Well, so first we landed in Sao Paulo and we went to Belo Horizonte. Which what did you think of Sao Paulo? It is New York on steroids, but like more spread yeah. out. Um, I, I remember landing in Sao Paulo and having an anxiety attack. Skyscrapers just everywhere. By the, like the mass of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, just, just so many people. people. Yeah. New York, uh, interesting. Thanks, Google, again. New York, like the whole metro area, like North New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut, like every, like the whole New York metropolitan MSA is what they call it. Mm-hmm. I think has like 27 million people. And just the city of Sao Paulo has 33 million people. That's crazy. And whenever you land, it's just like skyscrapers for days. And like anyone that's ever landed at like Dallas Love Field, like flies Southwest and Dallas Love Field in Dallas, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, we're going to hit skyscrapers. (laughs) Like it is nothing like that. It's like 10 times worse. I mean, it's like skyscrapers everywhere. 
Um, but our and our um, our emerald supplier, he he met us in Sao Paulo, and well, that's we, where he lives. That's where he lives. Mm-hmm. And we went out with him one night for a cachaça and ca- dinner and caipirinhas and and, <laughs> and uh, he was driving home. But he wasn't stopping at like stop signs. And the red, well, red lights. Red lights. And I'm sitting here going, I'm a rule follower. What is going on? Like, are you drunk? (laughs) And he was like, nope. If you stop at a stoplight, you'll get carjacked. I was like, oh, okay. Well, drive through then. Drive through. (laughs) But anyway. Oh, so the first. Yeah. So the first time we went to Sao Paulo, we just kind of passed through. We were there for a night. Then we went to Belo Horizonte, which is um, one of the larger kind of um, cutting jewelry centers in the country. It's the capital of Minas Gerais, which is General Mines in Brazil. It's a little bit smaller than the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very large state itself. Yeah. Um, and we spent a couple nights there, met a few nice people in the industry, and then we hopped on one of those like Mercedes Benz van things, uh-huh. you know, and we drove along. I mean, it was like an eight hour drive to yeah. get to Oro Puerto, mm-hmm. which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Oh, this city is so beautiful. Oh my God, amazing. There's churches and cathedrals, and yeah. the streets are all like original cobblestone streets. And it's gorgeous. Such a gorgeous city. We're and very Oro romantic. Preto means black, black gold. gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the Portuguese found gold there in like the 1600s and it's one of the few cities because there's a lot of other older cities in brazil it's one of the few because of its location that has remained untouched and they didn't you know pave over anything and it's kind of really set in the mountains Mm -hmm. i mean like you said you have to drive forever to get there jonathan and i got to go down into the gold mine yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. Where they yeah. used cyanide to, yeah. to mine. So they were like, don't lick the walls. And we were like, copy that. <laughs> Roger, not that we yeah. were going to lick a quartz <laughs> wall anyways, but um, embarrassing story of this. I actually got sick on the drive there uh-huh. and the driver like motion sick oh yeah, yeah like because the, the you know the roads yeah. are curvy and you know sometimes you're looking over the edge of like a cliff and i was on my phone and all that kind of fun stuff <laughs> and so i had to learn very quickly like how to ask him to pull over like restroom and i made it out of the car into the convenience store into the bathroom Closed the stall, and then it was, like, over. I mean, I just, like, was got very, very, very sick. Yeah. Um, I bought Dramamine while we were there, and, yeah. like, I drank this um, this kind of uh, guarana mm-hmm. that's almost like Brazilian ginger ale, and it's uh-huh. made from this, like, cherry-looking fruit that they have in the Amazon. You can uh-huh. only get it there. Um, and it calmed my stomach. It's laced and with, like, cocaine or something. It's laced with, like, this crazy, like, caffeine-type stuff. Yeah. But it helps you with, like, motion sickness. Yeah. Um, so I was just so embarrassed. You know, we lost, like, 45 minutes of, like, driving time because Ben got sick. And then from the the rest of the trip, of the driving part of the trip, I sat in the front next to the driver. Yeah. That's usually my seat. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's how, how Brecken has to roll. So, you do a little better on buses. Yeah. But not... I well on buses typically, I don't have my phone out and I'm not on my phone. 
Like, that does it to me. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always on it. Yeah. So, we get we get there. You know, we got to see around the city. It was really, really beautiful. Um, they have a little district of, like, kind of, like, carvers that carve soapstone, all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. But we went to um, one of the only actively open uh, Imperial and Precious Topaz mines. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole region is known for its imperial topaz, which is that beautiful, like red to purple pink topaz and precious topaz, which is golden yellow peach mm-hmm. tones, um, kind of sunset colors. The two major mines that are there. And in fact, a lot of the mines across the country, because there was this really bad, uh, mining accident, uh, about a year ago. And a dam broke through, went down river, and unfortunately, some people, you know, lost their lives. And it was an iron ore mining accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so the government there has become a lot more strict on mines of all sorts. And um, the two Rightfully major, so. yeah, yeah, and the two major mines um, that are there, I think that's Vermalho and Carvalho, mm-hmm. which means red uh, in Portuguese, like red flame and golden flame, I believe. Um, they are shut down right now because they have to have their retaining ponds and all their kind of water sources re-inspected. And so the mine that we went to was more of a artisanal kind of open pit style mm-hmm. mine. Um, and it was just a beautiful scene. I mean, they have cows and lambs walking around and they have a little small coffee field where they grow their own coffee and they make cachaça there, which we talked about. Yeah. Cachaça is a Brazilian alcohol. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like the Caribbean has like rum and like Eastern Europe and Russia has like vodka and, you know, the Southeastern U.S. has whiskey. It's like their, their, Regional liquor, yeah, and it is potent. It is, and I would compare, especially the home. The home oh, brewed yeah. is very, I mean, very strong. It had a label on it, but it definitely was like a hand put on label. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we were at, uh, I think it was a tourmaline mine in Brazil, and they were passing around the cachaça, and it was in an old like Seven Up bottle. Yeah, it was like <laughs> no germs, style. no germs there, man, no germs there. I was surprised it didn't eat through the plastic. <laughs> Because you took yeah. sips of that, and there was actually a couple that were really good, yeah. which mm-hmm. was surprising. Because think- every mine that we went to, they had their own kind of yep. home brewed one, and some of them were just like straight up nasty, like rubbing alcohol, rubbing alcohol. And then there were some that were like, "Wow, you could make a career of this!" That's like so true. it almost yeah. is like a mix between like a rum and a vodka, like the flavoring say, of it, I would say tequila. A te- tequila. Well, yeah, I'd say it, it's more like a tequila vodka or because it's clear. Water. Yeah, so, so it's it's like it's like a what what do they call it? a blanco tequila or like a yeah. rum kind of yeah. like a yeah, yeah. It definitely has an essence to it. It's, it's not, made from sugarcane, isn't it? Or yeah, no? but they do something different to it because yeah. like rum is made from sugarcane too. They they do something else to it. We digress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Gemstones. so now we're talking about <laughs> gems, we're not about liquor. <clears throat> yeah. So um, I you know it was amazing because the whole hillside just sparkles with glitter because a lot of these gems are found in mica deposits mica schist yep and mica move around a lot of schist yeah yep we're gonna have lots of schist jokes um (laughs) so you know mica is used in a lot of different products that you don't think of so whenever you go to victoria's secret and you get that like shimmer like chest body lotion Mica. Whenever you get, you know, a Jeffree Star palette for your eyeshadow, Mica. Yep. Whenever you see like your favorite drag queen, like just sparkle, she got a rainbow forehead, Mica. 
That is what makes everyone sparkle. Yeah. So the whole hillsides, the roads, the, I mean, everything is just glitter, 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 glitter everywhere. I mean, it gets all over you. You look like you, you know, went to like a glitter party whenever you get done with anything there. Um, and I got to dig out a little hole and pulled out just amazing. I mean, there were, I think the largest topaz crystal that I pulled out was the size of my whole hand with like, and you know, it wasn't all entirely gem grade, but the size of my whole hand, beautiful, like cherry, sherry red, really, really pretty color. And at that mine, um, it's empire, empire imperial topaz i believe and then seven precious topaz they have kind of a couple different names there's seven colors that come out of topaz mm-hmm. from there from yellow all the way down to reddish purple <clears throat> really really beautiful gem and um i think the reason imperial topaz or precious topaz hasn't taken off like some of your other gemstones is just availability that is 1000% the reason. And I asked them about that there and they said, you know, yeah, sometimes we get a little nice little hit of a pocket. Um, but it's not something that you can regularly supply. Yeah. I mean, the golden, the yellow, I think that there probably is enough stockpiled of mm-hmm. that. But um, that competes with citrine. Correct. Which well, is also less expensive. It's le- correct. It's less expensive. But you know, topaz is the real birthstone for it November. Is. Oh, for and sure. And citrine is the imposter that came <laughs> along, you know, and did its little, I'm a, f- a quarter of the price kind of thing yeah, to the market. Totally. Yeah. You know, but, and available. Um, and, and it's totally available, you know, and citrine is often treated. It's often, you know, amethyst that they heat, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and this topaz is, this type of topaz is not treated. Yeah. Just gorgeous, gorgeous material. Um, so then uh, the next day in Oro Puerto, we went to the gold mine. And there is 20 gold mines throughout mm-hmm. the area. And we rode down in this little, like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like, mine cart yeah, roller like, coaster well, thing. Vehicular, yeah. Vehicular, right? Is yeah. that what they call it? It, it was on a track, uh-huh. like like a little mini like uh-huh. railroad track, but it was like a mine cart. Like we literally were sitting in it. Like yeah. I was a clown. Like my legs were like hanging off the front part of it. Um, it you know, wasn't built for something no, it was size. like baby Huey like <laughs> flying down <laughs> into the mine. Yeah, and you we go down. You go down very 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 deep. Um, and it's like a different temperature down there and everything. And you can follow the seam of where the miners were like just after the golden quartz because those deposits there are similar to the ones in Alaska where they are trying to find the quartz seams where the gold kind of crystallized in it. It's not like some of the gold mines that you hear about like in Peru where mm-hmm. they're just kind of taking like particulate matter out of like dirt and trying yeah. to kind of get that out. They're finding like chunks of gold there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually I heard, even though they've been closed for dozens and dozens of years, um, the Chinese and Asian powers are coming in and are wanting to reopen up those mines and invest in them again and reopen them up because there's still a significant amount of gold there. Yeah. It's just making it work. You know, it has to be a certain price per ounce to make it viable yeah. kind of thing. Right. You know, right. And with gold prices going up again, it's worth it's it. Worth them it looking at it, you know? Yeah. yeah. The one thing I found, I found interesting when, when we were in Brazil was that the government is, is involved in all the mining operations. Oh, very involved. But also that they have regulations to reclaim the land after. Most definitely. And so that's that's a super important part of mining in Brazil is actually going mm. back and cleaning up your mess. 
Totally. Um, what I will say about that is that there are regulations that I, I learned while I was there, but that some people go above and beyond. Yeah. And so some of the mines that I was at, they went just that extra step, that extra mile, uh, to make the land, you know, like it was before as close yeah. as they could be. Yeah. So after Oro Puerto, we left and went to Itabira, which is another big city uh, in Minas Gerais. And that is more of a cutting center, I believe. And um, nearby there, there is aquamarine mines, mm-hmm. um, kind of in between Teflotoni and there. Um, and That's where I got bit by that thing. It's Teflotoni? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. We went at an aqua mine. Yeah, yeah Jonathan, that was most likely Teplatoni. Jonathan pulled out a piece of green barrel from the wall. Do you remember that? Yeah, one? I still have it. You still have it. And then I had to sit for like three days on Coke cans because my leg had swollen up so large from whatever bug bit me. One of my fingers. But I was living the dream, man. Oh, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> I had like blisters. I mean, anyone that's ever been to Vegas before, like, no, these blisters were real. Yeah. Um, one of my fingers got bit like the last, like the third or fourth day in Oro Puerto uh-huh. and it swelled up and it was, you know, it was like a cartoon, like, yeah. look, it was just exploded. Um, they and I, me rub aloe on it and then ice it or keep yeah. icing yeah. it. And they didn't have ice in the hotel room. So that's why I sat on Coke cans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a European country. You have to ask for ice everywhere. Yeah. So in, um, in Itabira, we went to, uh, an emerald mine and we went to Belmont Emeralds, which is from what I've seen and read. I mean, I think several different organizations have said this before. It's one of the most technologically advanced mines in the world. They have a lot of technology there. They actually use technology that was originally for coffee beans and they changed it because it blows off the green coffee beans on the belt after they are um, I didn't realize it was for coffee beans. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. what they taught us when we I were there. Forgot that. So, you know, yeah. like on the belt of what do they do to coffee? They roast it. Yeah. So, yeah. some of them don't roast, roast and they're still green and they're bitter. Uh-huh. And so it picks up that green on the sole conveyor belt and it with air with off. air kicks off yeah, the green puffs. beans. So they took that same technology and used it on emeralds and it blows off anything that is I believe 3 pixels of green or more. Um and there's like 14 cameras um that shoot in to uh-huh. this one box and there's water and there's different conveyor belts and there's flashing and all kinds of stuff yeah. uh, and it's really 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 interesting it happens so fast that i actually had to do a slow-mo video and then like watch it slow-mo because that's how fast it goes yeah. yeah um but that's the last very last step almost you know like we we saw so much before then um and this mine actually was discovered because the grandfather was a uh, a cow farmer mm-hmm. and needed water for his cow, for his cattle. And so he diverted a little creek to make a little retaining pond. And out of the, the berm, the side of the hill, little emeralds started to wash out. And so that's how they found out that they even had emeralds on site. Wow. Um, so we went how to the... How long has that been operational, do you I want to say like 30 years, 30 but years. like really like the way that it is right now, probably about 10. Okay. And they have multiple pipes, multiple deposits. Mm-hmm. They just found a new one that is right north of their property, property that they're calling Canaan. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really beautiful... 
it, it has enough chromium and vanadium to be called emerald, but it almost looks like a gorgeous unheated aquamarine or a huh. uh, pariba, but not as vivid pariba. Yeah. Um, a beautiful bluish green, teal green color. Large crystals, very, very high clarity. So it's really? not like the emerald that you see that has like jardine and stuff, yeah. you know? Hmm. Um, so we went to their sorting offices and I saw this, the, you know, the gentleman who basically gets it ready for the cutter. He just goes at these pieces of rough with like a clamp thing and he's just crunching off. Like I, I was like, Oh my God, like that's the most gorgeous specimen. He's like, yeah, we're going to get to this part. That's cuttable. Crunch, crunch, crack, just like crack. And I was like, I know it hurts your heart a little. Oh my God. He, but he also has like the hardest job in the world. It's almost like a diamond cleaver, you yeah. know, like those people go in and they got to just that their job is to just cleave a diamond. Diamond, write down the right thing. Make and, sure you get it right. Oh, make sure because that's your only job is yeah. to literally knock a stone one time. So if you knock it the wrong way, like oops, there goes thousands the stone. Of worth of Hundreds of thousands yeah. in some cases, you know. Um, so we went through every single step of the sorting and cutting, and they actually employ a lot of women there and a lot of young people there. Um, I met this gal who was like the best at like dopping stones, you know, and like I met another one who's like a gemologist that like they, you know, paid for her to become a gemologist who's doing all the different grades and all the different color grades and yeah. stuff. Um, and then the next day was my birthday and we went to the mine and it was like the best birthday ever getting to be down in an emerald mine. It was mine so much fun. Cool. I oh yeah. You walk in and it's like a proper mine. It's not like a shaft that goes down. Like you kind of walk into it because they have trucks yeah. and stuff. Oh, we drove down in a truck yeah. to this one level and we were like mudding. We were like off-road mudding in this mine. Yeah. And I asked them, I said, did y'all like put dirt in the mine, like to make this road like this. And he was like, no, this is all just crumbled, you know, cause the, the rock that they get the emerald from is actually like soft decayed schist clay mm -hmm. type stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of crumbles in your hands and it actually has an oily, like soapy feel to yeah. it. The, the black rock. Yeah. Um, and we got down to this one level, they were drilling, um, these long, I mean, must've been 15 foot long drills into certain hard rock to test. And you can see sometimes green will like spray out. You know, and it's like, wow. uh, like that's good for them because they know that they found emerald, but it's also like, what if that was the next, you know, amazing emerald? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't know. Um, and it just got mashed up. Yeah, it just drilled. got drilled yeah. and mashed up. Yeah. But we went down to one level where they were actively mining and, um, you know, he let me play around with some dynamite, which was fun. But and you didn't blow anything up. No, no. they did. <laughs> okay. They did before we got there. So you could smell it. You yeah. could smell it in the air. Um, and it was dark, cold, damp down there. Just like a proper mine. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, I dug around in this one, I mean, you can physically see the different the seams. seams, you yeah. know, and within about 10 minutes, I pulled out this like fist size emerald. It was amazing. And I just washed it down in like the water that was by my feet. Um, and you know, handed it off to the geologist that was with us and they were like wow like this is your good luck you know yeah. and then then i pulled out um kind of picture the size of like two thumbs like hexagon barrel crystals like two thumbs of barrel crystals put together and they were kind of offset gorgeous clarity and color 
Um, so I think, do you think those will be kept as specimens, or do you think they'll be cut? I think one of them will definitely be cut because it was just so Jimmy. I yeah. think the other one might be a specimen, like the one with the two uh, barrel, like yeah. the two kind of hexagon shapes. And they do keep some things mm-hmm. as as specimens. And we found a good four or five large chunks in that area that we were at. Uh, then we went through the whole line where, you know, you just see all these zigzags of conveyor belts everywhere. I mean, it's the size of like a little small distribution center. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big area yeah. and there's river pebbles getting washed out. And then there's sorting areas where they're doing different sizes of, of stones that are coming off. And then there's multiple wash pits. And there's one area where like these kind of... um big flaps of like slag of like mica clay is just like this pond of like glitter junk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I found out there that they actually have a lot of iolite that comes out of that mine, but it it's, they cannot optically sort it because it's set up for green. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, most of the iolite ends up in this, like, unfortunately this like trash bin kind of thing. And we went to go check it and I, brought home like four or five like fist size amazing iolites i mean i've seen some like indian iolite crystals these are way better like violet purplish blue and you know just like we talked about earlier just the um the finances and the market of of you know opening up an iolite mine it wouldn't have any of that technology they would not have hundreds of employees there like they do if it was an iolite mine yeah Right. I mean, because you have you, correct. Yeah, you have to be able to sustain all these people, and you know, Belmont employees with security, with drivers, with geologists, with every with the with the lady that does the dopping. Like, I think it's over six hundred people. Wow. There's like yeah. two hundred, three hundred at the office, and about four hundred at the mine. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and they have this really nice cafeteria, and they feed them good. That food was so good. We, we had ate like there. yeah, we ate yeah, there too. we yeah. had like a half chicken, little plantain yeah. chips, <laughs> rice. Like, I want those plantain chips right now actually they're so good we don't have anywhere in Pocatello yeah. to get those no. and um <laughs> no cachasseria here churrascaracharasquia I'm thinking alcohol what is it anyone that's Brazilian <laughs> that's listening to this is gonna be like y'all are butchering my language I'm like churrascaria <laughs> I when we went I was like I'm gonna learn some oh me too some Portuguese I was pretty good by the end cavallo that's horse yeah elefante elephant <laughs> Bobo means silly. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, I know Ome. Bobo. Ome means man. And then Obrigada. Or Obrigado. Yeah. yeah, if you're a boy or a girl. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And that's just thank you. And then we went to their little sorting chow. room. Chow. And chow. yep, chow, chow, chow. chow. Um, so the things that get blown off the conveyor belt, before that, there's several other like locked rooms with kind of bulletproof glass on them looking things. And there's cameras on them where people hand pick out the bigger pieces that they can see. Yeah. Um, and there's like a crusher and all kinds of stuff. Well, everything goes into a lockbox. Like from the conveyor belt where it gets blown off, it goes into this like steel lockbox thing that gets unlocked once a day. We were there whenever they unlocked the box for the day. And it was so cool to get to go through it. And uh, my other half, Ruben, had like a blast and just zoned out on like, you know, sorting. sorting like the different, like, oh, this is more green. This is bluish green. This is pale green. Um, I tried to talk to him once or twice and he was like, I'm busy working. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorting emeralds. Yeah, and it's like the thanks. first time he's ever been interested in anything that I do. Um, so it was fun to get to see him do that. Um, 
but just amazing. Like if I could have been anywhere on my birthday in the world, that's where I wanted to be. And it was really, really fun. Yeah. Really fun. You know, you get dirty, you get messy, you get like they had black glitter there. So I, I was like black, like Halloween sparkle whenever I left there. Yeah. yeah. And then from there we went to, we drove again to Governor Valadares. And that is Did like the major cutting center. No, we got invited <laughs> to go hang gliding. They have this big rock there. It almost kind of looks like, um, I don't know, like, you know, like Devil's Tower in Wyoming kind of thing. Yeah, it's uh, like it's, crazy. it's, it's it a, just shoots up from just a big giant granite rock yeah. out of nowhere. And people go hang gliding like year round yeah. there. When we were um, there, they had crosswinds. So no one was allowed to hang glide, thank God, or I think Jonathan would have. I would have done it. <laughs> They invited us, but like that, we had, I'll tell you why we didn't do it. So, because it's scary as hell. Well, that, but we had also <laughs> ridden, we had, you know, we rode in a helicopter. So, we, we went to the Cruzeiro Tourmaline Mine, mm-hmm. which is world famous for its rubelite tourmaline, red tourmaline, pink tourmaline, blue cap, green cap, bicolor, tricolor, quad color. I mean, pretty much any kind of tourmaline you can get there at yeah. that mine, besides Perito. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like collectors, you know, I just was in Washington DC last week and went through the Smithsonian's collection. Almost all of their pink and red tourmalines are Cruzeiro mine, Minas Gerais, Brazil. I mean, it's like kind of textbook specimens. We flew in a helicopter to get there. We had breakfast at the kind of, uh, mine owner's house and a helicopter. We're like, what is that noise? And a helicopter landed in his backyard next to his <laughs> pool and tennis court and all that kind of stuff. And Ruben was like are we getting in that i was like yeah <laughs> roll with it happening. <laughs> yeah i was like do you want to take a six hour mud road like drive there or yeah. 35 minutes in a helicopter that looks like it's from mash yeah. <laughs> i mean you know <clears throat> so it fit five people and you know the bottom of its glass top sides are glass uh-huh. the guy that was the pilot was like air force looking guy was yeah. you know wearing a whole uniform and everything um, it was really fun. I had a blast. We flew over coffee fields. We flew over little towns. Um, and then again, whenever we were landing, I was like, where are we going to land? Like, this is so mountainous, you know? And we just like landed on this like cliff. I mean, it was crazy. We just like came down and like landed on this little cliff looking thing. Terrifying. Um, and just got out and we went to their little mining museum because that mine was found, uh, during world war two. In fact, interesting Brazil fact, all of their geologic maps that were done were actually done by the USGS. So during <laughs> World War II, uh, America needed all sorts of things. We needed uh, mica for um, insulation for to stop things from getting too hot or too cold on like boats and airplanes and stuff. We needed all sorts of minerals. And so the U.S. government went down there and sent a bunch of amazing geologists and they mapped out the whole country for them. So a lot of the even current mining maps that are used today, they're starting from USGS ones done in the 40s and the 30s. And a lot of the gemstone mines that were discovered because they needed iron, they needed, you know, um, granite, they needed concrete, they needed mica. And they just were like, oh, well, here's these red crystals, like throw over their shoulder. You know, like they weren't there for that. They were there for whatever else they needed. So Cruzeiro was one of those. It was a mica mine during World War II. And then uh, the same family has had it. And uh, they have this cool little museum with all their little, like, old tools and old, you know, little pickaxes and stuff. And 
I cannot believe I can't remember the saint, but there's actually a saint of minors. Um, yeah. it's a, it's a Catholic saint. Yeah. And they had a little like cave there with like quartz and mica and little tourmalines coming out that was on the hillside. Yeah, something like that. And they had a quartz like carved, like probably a foot tall, um, saint. And it was that saint. Um, and you leave, a, you say a little prayer there. You leave something before there you before you go into the mine. Yeah. And did a lot you of them, I did. Good boy. Oh yeah. You no, definitely. <laughs> My other half's Catholic, and we were like totally about that. Yeah. Um, Does it sound familiar, Saint Barbara? I think so. Saint Barbara is the patron saint of minors. She's among the fourteen holy helpers of the Roman Catholic Church, the patron of good death. Saint Barbara. Oh, good death. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah it probably is. the Saint Barbara miners for light. Yeah. Yep, it's Saint Barbara, and she also is the saint for like a couple other things that I was surprised about. Um, you know, a lot of these saints have like so it's armorers, architects, firemen, mathematicians, miners, chemical engineers, prisoners, tunnelers, and. Prisoners. Oh, and also Russian Missile Strategic Forces. <laughs> so, um... Way to go, St. Barbara. Yeah, St. Yeah. Barbara is keeping it busy. He's got to cover. That's like yeah. St. Christopher. He's like the patron saint of everything else. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> and right? the miners, like the miners that came along with us, like in Oro Puerto, and like they went to, because I should have, there's actually one, like a world famous geologic college there in Oro Puerto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went to yeah, there. We yep. saw yeah. And it's in like an old like fort that they had, yeah, and beautiful. there's a museum there with crystals the from all over the world. Amazing. Yeah. amazing specimens. And they have a little gift shop and they sell these like saints. So the people from Belmont Emeralds like bought a couple of saints while they were there to like yeah. bring back to the mine with them. So, um, again, they thought uh, back to, uh, back to the Cruzeiro Tourmaline mine. So it's actually in this little above this little village called like Sao Jose da Safir. Which means it's blue, blue sta- sapphires. So in the 1700s, they were finding these little blue pebbles in the river and they thought that they oh. were sapphires. Then they mm-hmm. started to find little green ones. They thought they were emeralds and they found little red ones. They thought they were rubies. Okay, They're right. all tourmalines. Yeah. yeah. And so, but the, the village still has the same name of sapphire because they thought that it was sapphires. Yeah. So. They thought that they had found a pocket. They don't always find pockets there. That mine is one where they find very, very rich pockets every once in a while, but yeah. not a lot of stragglers kind of in between. Yeah. It's banger bus. Yep. And a few months, about two, three months before that, a group of gemological students from China visited that mine and they didn't find anything while they were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, not even quartz from what I hear. So they were showing them things that like they had pulled out, you know, last year and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it, there when, was, when we visited our tourmaline mine, there was, there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. We, Jonathan did get to go through like piles of mica schist and he found garnet mm-hmm. and like sliced his fingers open doing that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, and, Cause it was, you know, sheets of mica, and he's just yeah, thumbing like through it. He did get busted up. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't bad cuts, just I mean, little cuts. The, you're in oh, the yeah. Wilderness. Go big or go home. I mean, like, while you're, I was like, I'm going to experience every single thing that I can experience while we're here. There were so many days where we were like, had no sleep. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go to bed at midnight and then you got to like wake up at four to get back on a van at 5 a.m. to start driving, yeah. like that kind of thing. 
And I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Like, let's do it. Like, whenever am I going to see like this mine or this and this, you know? Um, they thought they found a pocket. It had been four months since they found anything. So they delayed us going down there. They did some dynamite. We waited like two and a half hours for the air to clear out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Drinking your cachaça beautiful- or just no, enjoying I only, I only had a, <laughs> I had a sip of cachaça at the Topaz mine to be nice because they had made their cachaça. Uh-huh. And then later on in the trip, I had a caipirinha and that, I'm just uh, kind of like a, okay, I did it kind of thing. Like I wasn't, I, I was drinking really amazing coffee the whole time oh, I was yeah. there. Like their coffee is That's, amazing. I wasn't into coffee when I was there. Regrets. Yeah. But I'll go back. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so we had this beautiful hillside lunch. Again, they cooked for the miners, you know, and they had come up. Um, at this mine, they did not have Benji size mining gear. So <laughs> I wear a size 17 shoe. Portuguese sizes are just, I don't even know how they do it. It was like, yeah, but like the numbers are weird. Like a a size 17 US is like 49 or something like that in Portuguese. It's like the European sizing. Yeah. But it's even more different. It's, it's different. It's different than European too. So, um, they didn't have pants that fit me. They didn't, I mean, the pants were like capris. (laughs) They didn't have shirts that fit me. So we literally like just kind of threw together some things for me. Like, so I was wearing like a mismatched top and bottom and, um, I, all I had brought with me was like one pair of dress shoes, one pair of tennis shoes, one pair of flip flops. Like that's all I brought with me on this trip. Cause we're gone for 14 days. Yeah, I like couldn't got, bring all no. this stuff. So I only had one pair of tennis shoes and I was like, you know what? Like we were talking about earlier, banger bust. I said, I'm going down in that mine if I have to, whatever. So I wore my new balance running shoes into a mine. It was, I mean, I describe it as muddy, but it's not mud. It's, no, you know, it's water's sludge, coming through the quartz walls and yeah. through the mica and everything. And, you know, it's, it's a different consistency. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, almost quicksand. Um, But first, you know, to get to that muddy area, we had to go down 300 meters of what I describe as ladder steps. (laughs) Like they're not steps and it's not a ladder. It's like kind of in between. Um, And it took two hours maybe to get down that point because you walk down a long stone kind of hallway And then there's several kind of forks in the road, yeah. and we went down the center one, and then you go down multiple things. It's it's always amazing the, I mean the depths. Oh yeah, we're we're willing it's a thousand to go feet to treasure hunt. Yeah, yeah. So we get down to the level that they're currently on. At we could really smell the dynamite at this place. I mean, it was just in the air, and. You know, the whole way that we're going down, oh, this black seam on the wall, that's the manganese that colors, I'm you know, the tourmaline pink and red. Dark mine oh, yeah. in your new balance shoes. Six foot eight. Capris. <laughs> Wearing clothes that don't fit me. <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, they're pointing out, oh, by the way, we're standing in a quartz crystal right now. Look up. And there's like a, you know, six sided quartz, like that we're just standing in that like is the size of a house, um, that they, you know, went through to follow the seam. Um, and then there's garnets that are the size of my forearm on the wall. There is spodumene, which is hiddenite and kunzenite. They had the green and the pink. That's the size of my shin, like on the wall. I mean, just amazing, cool yeah. things, you know, and we get down to the level and it's this quicksand mud kind of thing. Um, 
you know, I have to, besides on the stair ladders, I had to hunch over the entire time we were there. So yeah, they don't make the tunnels for big guys. No, they do not. And, um, you know, I'm trying not to get my shoes and the stuff. So I'm like, my legs are spread. <laughs> like, like I'm like trying to like walk on the edge on the walls, you know, certain areas they had these kind of like wooden log things holding up certain parts of the mine and then other parts Super where it was stable. yeah and other parts of the, I, I like to call this mine artisanal of the mines that we went to this yeah. was the you know yeah. yeah um and you know because there's water coming from everywhere I mean, you're below the ground table of water. water I mean, there's water coming from everywhere. And thank goodness that water helps us grow our gemstones. Oh, totally, totally. But while you're down there, you're like, ah. (laughs) Um, You know, I grabbed one of the logs, like, while I was, like, you know, I'm literally walking, like, my body's like an X. I'm, like, trying to, like, (laughs) you know, make it through these certain points. And I, like, pulled off a piece of the wood. I mean, like, and it was, like, almost like hay or something from how wet it was. Yeah. Um, and we go and keep going through these kind of meandering hallways and we're all probably about five meters, about 15 feet away from each other. There's two miners up front, the mine owner, geologist, me, Ruben, my husband, Mm -hmm. another miner and a translator, but we're all kind of going our own path kind of thing. And we did not have flashlights on our helmets. We had flashlights like hooked onto these little hook things on my capris. So (laughs) yeah. So we hear, I hear, well, first I feel a rumble. Then we hear it. Yeah. Then the lights, which are hanging, they're like literally like light bulbs from like a lamp at home. They're, they're on a string that's on the ceiling. Yeah. They start swaying and flickering And then they go out, as I see the geologist 15 feet ahead of me, about four feet of the quartz wall, like, fell, like, on him. (laughs) Um, Luckily, it was, like, four or five feet, you know, so it went up to, like, his waist. So it just, you know, kind of crumbled, uh, and the lights were out, and we just all kind of, like, stood there for a minute until they kind of, hey, everybody okay? Like, a couple of people turned on flashlights, you know? Uh, I was done at that point. Like I had been in the topaz mine. I had been in the golden quartz mine. I've been in the emerald mine and I light. I was like, okay, I've oh, seen yeah. mine. Yeah, I was like, I'm done. I've seen some mines. Thank you so much, you guys. <laughs> yeah. I Thanks for the helicopter this. ride. For the helicopter. Love y'all. It was a lovely breakfast. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> um, I was going to X walk out of here. <laughs> yep. I was not. I mean, you realize that whenever something like that happens, like humans are not supposed to be down here. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's like it was fight or flight. I just had this and I was fine the entire time, like of all the things that we did. Yeah. Like, you know, that was that moment where I was like, nope, this is not (laughs) worth like, you know. But you carried on. I did because they were like, we found a pocket. And it would be such a shame if you didn't continue. And it's right around the corner. And yeah. right around the corner to them and me were 
two different things. <laughs> um, but we made it there. Um, we and made this is it. Where we get into the healing power of crystals. Yes. <laughs> so we made it down to where the pocket was. They had literally just blasted it and yeah. kind of barely dug it out. Which so we, is why the walls were not correct. Stable. Yeah. Right. You know. And normally they would go through and they shore would, everything. They up. would shore everything up. They would tap things to see if they kind of crumbled and all that kind of stuff. But you, know? you were there. They wanted to show you this pocket. Yeah. You know. And yeah. It, yeah. So we um we had to crawl over this kind of like we had to crawl over this like pile of rubble uh i had to take off my helmet to get to it and i'm down there with two guys the geologist and the owner of the mine and sure enough we were just pulling out you know five inch long watermelon tourmaline crystals that are like an inch in diameter i'm two inches in diameter and that's when you calm down Every time that we pulled out a pretty crystal, yeah. I was calm and I was like putting my flashlight through it and I was having fun. I will say I was dripping sweat onto the owner of the mine's forearm. I was like You're so like, embarrassed. Yeah, I'm like, I'm really sorry. That's coming from my beard, like onto you. Like, sorry. Um, cause you know, you're just in such tight quarters, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're hunched down yeah. and it's, it's hot. Cool, By the way, but it's wet. Well, that mine, because of the, once you reach a certain depth, it actually gets hot. Yeah. Cause you're getting close to geothermic things and stuff. Yeah. Like, so there's certain, and like you experience that in the US whenever you go down to like Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain areas where you want to wear like a wind jacket, and then there's other areas where it gets warm. Stripping. Yeah, it yeah. gets warm. So this mine, at least for me and several others, it was hot down there. And, I hear this noise. It was like this loud noise. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I'm thinking the worst. And they were like, oh, we just turned on the oxygen for you because your face is purple and red. (laughs) (laughs) So they had like this scuba tank thing down there and they turned on extra oxygen for me. Yeah. Um, So we're having fun. You know, we're going through a bunch of crystals and we're, you know, we're pulling out quartzes that have big like tricolor tourmalines going through them. Um, Just really, really pretty. And I saw there like... As we're taking out things, and they also had the geologist had a small shovel that he was picking up things with too. They put them into special bags, almost think of like burlap kind of sacks, um, and they're woven and they put a zip tie on them that's color coded and they number them mm-hmm. so that they know as the pocket is coming out, like this is from the top of the pocket, this is from the below the top, this is from the middle of the pocket, the end, yeah. and the very end of the pocket. So they kind of can somewhat put things together. They can also infer from that, you know, how this pocket grew and like, oh, this is why this part of it is green and this part of it's watermelon and this part of it's rubellite and pink. Yeah. You know, they can kind of like infer things like that. And after about maybe like, 15 minutes of playing with that i still was like okay i'm done like i'm ready <laughs> like let's go i did it so they they had to stay there to take out the rest of the pocket because you know they don't want anybody to come in there at nighttime and try to take out anything so they stay down there until they're done with that pocket and 
going out of a mine like that is much more difficult than going into it. Because you got to hike up. Yeah. I mean, it was a two and a half hour thing to get down to that point. It was well over three and a half hours to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, we're doing one step, one step. Okay. You know, the air is thin down there. Like, it's just, it's a whole process. Um, And whenever I saw, like, the end of the tunnel, like, once we were done with the stair ladder thing, uh, saw the end of the tunnel with the light, I was like... (laughs) I mean, literally, that's why the saying, like, light at the end of the tunnel, like, I mean, it really felt like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so we went up there. I threw away my tennis shoes because they were destroyed, uh, no so chance did you of have saving. Flip flops the whole rest of the trip. Or did, or we did went they to seventeen shoes in Brazil. No, but we went to a Brazilian mall and I found a New Balance store oh. and I found the size fifteens that I took the padding out of oh and that God. fit. So the last week I was walking around like bougie style, like, and I spent. And by the way, American products there are so expensive. Yeah. It was like a hundred seventy five dollars for like a pair of shoes I could get for like seventy five dollars here. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Their import tax. Yeah, their import taxes are insane there. Um, so we went. So we went back to the little house uh, or the mining kind of property. And we waited for them to come back up with everything. And we washed everything in their little wash plant, which is all done by hand. All their sorting is done by hand. They still keep everything in, like, once they take it out of the bag, you know, they keep all that separate. Um, and we started playing kind of like tourmaline Legos. And just putting yeah, pieces back together. There was like a watermelon tourmaline, and we found the top part of it that was really pretty red, purple, and we found the bottom part of it that was dark green. And that ended like, you know, the, one of the four or five inch crystals I pulled out ended up being like an 11 inch like scepter. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, and then after that, we flew the helicopter back to Governor Valadares, and we went to uh, Seven Fine Gems. We went to their offices, and I saw where they do their actual sorting and their cutting, and they showed me amazing specimens, and they showed me... I mean, I held a, like, 13-kilogram rubellite crystal that was just all gem, like, all gem grade. It was yeah. amazing. Um and watermelon tourmalines and they actually have a brand new type of indicolite that's coming from there that they just found recently a pocket of it and they know which areas of the mine that they're going to find like i said there were several forks in the road they know which areas of the mine they're going to find blue cap and pink cap and you know watermelon and that kind of thing uh, they found some, I mean, and it just looks almost like black tourmaline whenever you look at it, but then you shine a torchlight down the C axis mm-hmm. and it is blue, blue, violet blue. Wow. I mean, crazy beautiful color. Uh, no, no treatment on anything there at that mine. And, um, it was fun to get to kind of see that side of things and get to see their office. And they have a dozen person team that works on just kind of cleaning up the mineral specimens for collectors. Yeah. Um, and that's something that that mine is very like, if they can, if they can bring a beautiful crystal or specimen to market, they would much rather do that than, you know, cut away 80% of it so of that course. someone can have a heart shaped rubellite, you know? Oh, gag me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a giant yeah. one on the top. Of the I know that giant heart shaped uh, yeah. tonight. Get out of here. 
<laughs> and there's also an amazing, um, that mine is also much like Belmont and like the Topaz mine we went to. They are very environmentally conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, they make sure that like trees are replanted. They have a small farm there. Um, they have a wildlife preserve that surrounds the whole mountainside. And they donated a lot of land for this preserve and they just, they take care of everything down there. I mean, it's, it's very idyllic. The whole mountainside was very, very idyllic. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was another week on the trip. Um, you know, we uh, went to Sao Paulo after a couple other days of going around and we went to like the H Stern flagship store. H Stern is a huge. It's like the Tiffany and Company yeah, of uh, Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. Yep. And they have a couple like iconic things like their starbursts and like their colorful mm-hmm. tourmalines and stuff like that. They're probably one of the ones that brought tourmaline onto the world stage, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we went to several kind of crystal gym dealer people down there in Sao Paulo. Um, we went to Ara Vartanian, who's a, like a big couture designer. Um, and he has a store in London and Shanghai and Sao Paulo. I went to his workshop where he makes everything in Sao Paulo and I met all his jewelers and his cutters and, um, super cool space, like his whole like space that he has. Um, and then we went to Phoenicia, which is kind of like, it's, it's the largest show that's been around for the longest amount of time in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of the national show of Brazil, but there's people there from all over Latin America. I mean, there was designers there from Mexico, Panama, Colombia, Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, yeah. Paraguay, everywhere. Um, and buyers come from all over Latin America. And I spoke there at their show and then kind of covered it and went around and met a bunch of amazing Latin American designers. And then one of the nights of the show is where I had the Caipirinha because we went to dinner with like the major jewelry store buyers from all of like 15 Latin American countries that were there. Um, and there's just, I mean, I have, we had a blast, like, you know, and there were people there that spoke Spanish, some that spoke Portuguese, you know, we just had a blast and everybody there was very proud, you know, like we met this grandma from Colombia that has like a chain of stores there. And she was like, Colombia is the best country with the most beautiful women and most beautiful jewelry and like the best, the best coffee and like everything. And, you know, y'all being in Idaho, y'all know this, like there, you know, Idaho is famous for potatoes and Washington is famous for apples. Uh But I learned as a kid, because I went to an Orida plant in in Oregon, that actually Idaho grows more apples than Washington does, and Washington grows more potatoes than Idaho does. Well, Brazil grows the uh, largest amount of coffee in the world. And a lot of it gets blended in and rebranded as Colombian, as whatever kind of thing. And I also learned that, and I'm not going to name any of the mines, but several of the mines that we went to would tell us things like, you know, our amethyst or our emerald or our, you know, tourmaline, a lot of times will get marketed as whatever is the at hot source of the more of the moment, yeah. you know? So this is, you know, well, we know that happened with uh yoga sapphires yeah. way back in the day. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. got, they got, um, sold in Europe as oriental sapphires mm-hmm. right? instead of American sapphires. Yeah. Because that was the flavor of the day. Yep. Right. You know? But did you know that Brazil actually had to steal coffee plants from, um, the Portuguese had to steal coffee plants from the French? There was a, oh, what's that country next door to 
Anyway, they had to steal two coffee plants and bring them back into Brazil so they could start growing there. And now it's like one of their major crops. And we also saw a lot of like colonial type houses Mm -hmm. and their backyard has like guava, pineapple, coffee, like 40 different kinds of like amazing things. And it just grows there wild. You know, California, almost everyone that I know in California has like a tangerine, a plum, like some kind of fruit tree in their backyard. In Brazil, everybody has like 15 yeah. something. We in have their an backyard. apple tree. Yeah. But they're crap apples. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're translucent. All right, well, we want to sorry, we digress again. Uh, we want to thank you, Benjamin, so much for taking the time out of your day to sit down with us and, and go over your trip. Um, if anybody has any questions or wants to learn more about uh, Brazilian gemstones or anything like that, you can always check out uh, Benji's Instagram account at Third Coast Gems. Um, and yeah, thanks for tuning in and listening. I'm Brecken. And I'm Jonathan. Thank y'all so much. I'm Benjamin. And if you want to see what we do in our real life, you can always check us out at Parley Gems on Instagram or Facebook. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.